This is the Homeschool Show from North Carolinians for Home Education. Our goal is to help you homeschool with confidence and joy. I'm your host, Matthew McDill. Welcome to the show. want to uh, welcome John Lewis back into the studio, who's going to be our co-host today. How's it going, John? Uh, doing well. I'm glad I made the cut from last week. Didn't yeah. get cut after the one, very first One episode. more week. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, what do we have planned today? Uh, so today we're going to cover the homeschool news again, um, and then we're going to go into homeschool conversation segment, and we're going to be talking with some experienced homeschool moms uh, and uh, NCHE board members who are going to answer some common questions about homeschooling, and uh, then we're going to do the homeschool reality moment where we take a peek into real-life homeschool situations, and we hear from you guys. So, uh, Matt, what's, uh, what's going on in the news today? All right, so here's the headline for today. On Twitter, North Carolina Senate Democrats say homeschool parents are not educators. <laughs> so in August, the NC Senate debated House Bill 324, which is titled Ensuring Dignity and Non-Discrimination in Schools. And they were discussing uh, critical race theory concepts that would be taught in public school. Mm-hmm. Uh, and during that conversation, there was an exchange between two senators that made it onto Twitter later. And wow. so what happened was uh, Senator Gladys Robinson, a Democrat from Guilford County, uh, said of Senator Paul Newton, a Republican from Cabarrus County, that he was not an educator. And so Newton later <laughs> decided to go on Twitter and respond to this. He says, quote, in an exchange on the Senate floor, Senator Robinson accused me and my wife who successfully homeschooled our children of not being educators. Is it the North Carolina Senate Dems position (laughs) that homeschooling parents are not educators? Of course, that's why we're talking about it now, because the homeschool thing came up and what an educator is. And so they responded, okay? The (laughs) North Carolina Senate Democrats decided to respond on Twitter. Twitter, here's what they said. Quote, Surely you cooked your family dinner over the years. We still wouldn't call you a chef. Hmm. So I think the implication is pretty clear, right? An educator, and this is what our culture generally believes, is a trained, state-accredited professional. That's what an educator is, not just somebody who is teaching. And so this has caused... Um, our culture to question the credibility and effectiveness of homeschooling because they're thinking if parents are not trained state accredited people who are professionals, mm. then how are they going to effectively teach their kids? But well, how does that apply to community colleges though? I mean, are, are, aren't community college teachers, uh, they have to have a master's degree, I know, but they don't have to have an education license or certificate, do they? I don't know. I, I don't think I th- they do. I think there are a lot of ways we could go with and, and, and how even does in, this hold up. Well, right? And I'm a former po- public school teacher. Mm-hmm. So even in public school, <clears throat> I know that you can do what's called a lateral entry. I have a friend in Greensboro, who, uh, Guilford County, who's doing that right now. He's, he's teaching public school, and he went in in lateral entry, which means he has no teaching certificate and no training in education, yeah. but they gave him the job. With the understanding right. he's got so many years to get the certificate. So. Well, I think the most important question for us is, can we at this point in the homeschooling movement history compare the effectiveness of homeschool parents teaching Absolutely. and public school 
uh, teachers. Absolutely. And, and we can do that right now. Yeah. And so I would like to just to share this, this uh, research. Dr. Brian Ray from um, the National Home Education Research Institute did a nationwide study in 2010 of the academic achievement and demographic traits of homeschool students. In this nationwide study, over 11,000 homeschool students, uh, homeschool student um, of over 11,000 homeschool students, homeschool students scored on average over 30 percentile points higher than public school students on standardized academic achievement tests. (laughs) And it gets worse. For the purposes of this discussion, it is important to note that 89% of the homeschool parents in this study had never been state certified teachers. In fact, homeschool students who had parents who had never been certified teachers scored slightly better than the students for whom either parent had been a certified teacher. So that actually doesn't bode well for you and your wife as... <laughs> <laughs> thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> my uh, kids are going to do better than yours. Oh, my goodness. Well, Dana was a teacher, too. So That's correct. Uh, yeah. That's absolutely but, uh, correct. Now, now, you remember uh, Jay Wiles, who came to the um, the Thrive Conference a few years ago. He had some statistics as well and actually showed in some of his statistics that there was... an. an it was, I think it was after 2010, but that there was no difference in the academic performance virtually uh, based on the, uh, for homeschool families, based on the parent's level of education. That if the parent yeah. only had a high school diploma versus the parent had a doctorate, there was virtually no change in the yeah. performance of the children. And they were all outperforming the public school students. So here's, here's what we have to say about this <laughs> to encourage our audience and to encourage anyone who's listening. Homeschool parents are excellent educators. Absolutely. They're doing a great job. And uh, the proof is out there that the students are doing uh, very well. One other item on the news before we go forward is that we have a mom's retreat. Uh, North Carolinians for Home Education is hosting a mom's retreat November 5th and 6th, 2021 at the Caraway Conference Center in Asheboro, North Carolina. So this is a time uh, for encouragement. There's going to be some teaching, some hanging out, just fellowshipping, talking, crafts, hiking, all sorts of stuff. So if this is something uh, you as a mom would like to take part of, um, you can go to nchu.com and, and click on the graphic about the, the mom's retreat there on the homepage. So what do we have next? Uh, okay, well, next we're going to do homeschool conversations. So last week, uh, Matthew, you discussed with us that homeschooling has grown in North Carolina over the last year about 19%, right? right. That's right. And um, so we want to remind you that, of course, our job here is to help you to homeschool with confidence and joy. And so we just recorded a brand new version of our webinar called Let's Get Started, How to Begin Homeschooling in North Carolina. Uh, really good information. Right. And we had Amanda Wares, who is our helps uh, director on our board, and Rhonda Marshall, who's our community relations director. And these are some some really helpful ladies who've been doing this for a long time. And they were the ones who, who did our webinar for us. So let's take a look at uh, two questions that they're going to answer. And the first one is, am I qualified to teach my own kids? So let's take a look at this. <laughs> Um, Well, first of all, I'm so glad to be here. And I think the primary reason is because that question, am I qualified to teach my own kids, was one of the primary questions I had as well. And I just think it's really important if you're a new homeschooler, you're just beginning, that everyone feels that way. Everyone feels overwhelmed. 
And frankly, I was scared. <laughs> I'm just going to be real when I started this journey. And it's completely normal and just shows that you're approaching this decision to homeschool your children and you're taking it seriously. Often the best advertisement for me when I was considering homeschooling is the homeschoolers I met and their kids and they could talk to me and they were good with all kids of different ages um, and they were also doing good academically and spiritually as well. And so, but I noticed something. They were homeschooled by regular people just like me and just like you. So um, you don't have to be especially smart or especially intelligent or especially organized to homeschool well, but you can learn how to educate your children in the best way that's for them. And we believe that there is no one who is more qualified or better suited to teach their children than their parents, right? Um, God gave them to you. And no, no, no one knows your child better or their loves them more or knows their both their weaknesses and their strengths. Um, in many ways, home education is just an extension of parenting. And I think it's important for you to re remember that. Also realize you're not alone. Just within the last, between 2019, when there were about 2.5 million homeschoolers, and now, fast forward to 2021 and have a big pandemic, there's about 5 million homeschoolers. Yeah. <laughs> so you are far from alone. Just know that there are many, many people who are homeschooling successfully and that you can do so too. Um, you know, as a, far as a decade ago, when we first started 26 years ago, <laughs> it was considered, you're weird. We thought we were weird to do it. Um, but now it's... Um, not even unusual anymore. It's more mainstream than ever. And I, there's some statistics I want you to know about homeschooling and your kids. And they're from the National Home Education Research Institute. And in general, homeschool students score 15 to 30 percentile points higher than those in a traditional school. Um, they also score higher than average on those achievement tests, regardless of their level of formal education, or their family's household income. Also, their achievement was not related to whether the homeschool parents were ever certified teachers, which that's huge. And typically, um, if you're going to college, kids are gonna be taking college entrance exams, and on the SAT and ACT, oftentimes they score higher than traditionally school students. So one common um, fear or misconception that I hear from a lot of people is, I won't be able to teach certain levels or certain subjects. Just remember that you only have to stay one day ahead of them, right? And many of us are learning or relearning right along with our kids, and, um, and that's okay. You just, you're having fun and learning with them. Also know that there's so much curriculum now that is scripted, so you can use that if you need more help. There's also DVD curriculum and online curriculum, and also enrichment classes and tutorials that you can utilize to help you feel successful and know that you are certainly qualified to teach your kids. That's awesome. So next, what are the legal requirements for homeschooling in North Carolina? So it's really important First, to know that in North Carolina, we are not under the Department of Public Instruction at all. We're under a whole separate department, the Department of Non-Public Education. So that's first. Um, second, North Carolina compulsory attendance age is age 7 to 16. Okay. 
So if you have a five or a six year old and you're wanting to homeschool, you're good. That's all you need to do. You don't need to, unless they've already been to school, then you do need to withdraw them formally. But as far as the Department of Non-Public Education goes, you don't need to do anything formal with them until your child reaches that seven-year-old limit. So first, you have a seven-year-old or above and you want to open your own homeschool. What do you do? So you go to the Department of Non-Public Education website and it's real easy. You go on there, you click on homeschool, and then you click on open a homeschool. Um, do a notice of intent. That's what you're going to do. So whenever you do your notice of intent, the first thing that you have to do is name your homeschool. Now, you wouldn't think that this would be a hard thing to do, but it's a little intimidating to think about, oh, I have to name my homeschool. My only piece of advice is even if you're only planning on homeschooling for this year, think about just maybe, just maybe the future, you might want a name that will sound good on those college high school transcripts. You might want a name that'll look good on the high school diploma because while Fluffy Bunny Academy sounds really cute right now. It's not going to be so cute whenever your sweet little Sally or Jimmy is going off to college. So think about that. So you name your homeschool. Next, you have to choose if your homeschool is going to be religious or not religious. Now, this is just left over from the private school law. It's purely statistical. I know plenty of people who are religious that choose not religious on the form. It doesn't affect your homeschool at all. So you just have to do that. Now, once you send in the form, they are going to ask you to provide your proof of at least a high school diploma or higher. A GED is also okay. So you'll upload your high school diploma, your college diploma, if you can't find your diploma, like me, then you need, you can use a transcript. That's okay. Um, that's what I did. Once you upload that and they have your proof, um, they'll send you a confirmation that says, yes, you are a legal homeschool in North Carolina. Once you have that proof, keep that forever. That's how you know you're all good to go. So, You've submitted your notice of intent. You're an official homeschool yay. now. Yay. <laughs> now, what do you do? North Carolina is a really easy state to homeschool in. Um, there's only a few steps that we have to follow to follow the law. First, we have to take attendance. Now, I don't know about you, Rhonda, but in my house, I always thought this was kind of a funny funny requirement like I would look around and say yes these children are still here check yes they are they are here um I know some people that use that requirement to check off the days that they actually do book work for school um in my house every day my kids were there and I thought they were learning every day so my attendance form looks like a calendar with every day checked off it's really up to you mm -hmm. Um, next, after we take attendance, you have to operate your homeschool on a regular basis, nine months of the calendar year. Now, 
There's a lot of freedom within that requirement of what that looks like in your homeschool. Okay, so you might only school four days a week. You might only do a certain amount of subjects. It's really up to you. Just keep in mind on a regular basis, nine months of the calendar year. All right, so attendance, operate your school. Next up is immunization records. So you have to keep on file at your home, at your home school, you keep on file immunization records or the appropriate exemption form. Um, if you don't immunize, you can have a letter of exemption, just keep that on file. Now, last but certainly not least, of the requirements of the law, we have to give a nationally normed standardized test every year. Um, and we have a whole nother webinar all about testing, so I'm not gonna go too far into that, but once you register as a homeschool, you have 12 months to give that nationally normed standardized test. The main thing I want you to remember about the test is it's really a legal hoop that we have to jump through. And I promise you, once you have homeschooled for a little while, you are not gonna be surprised by the results on that achievement test. You will know that your little one is great in math and maybe not so great in reading or the other way around. So I think that that's about all of those legal requirements. The other thing I wanted to make sure I mentioned because it's happening a lot everywhere is there's a lot of university model schools or um, virtual charter schools. I wanna make it really, really clear that wherever your child is enrolled, that's where they are going to school. So if they're enrolled in this university model school, you're paying tuition there or they are a student of that school, then you're not homeschooling. If they're enrolled in this virtual charter school, virtual public school, then that's not homeschool either. So I just wanted to make that really, really clear. So John, did you name your school Fluffy Bunny Academy? <laughs> no, it was Pink Bunny Academy. Pink. No. <laughs> What's the name of your school? Our school is Heritage Academy. Heritage Academy. Yeah. Heritage Academy. Ours is McDill Academy. Well, yours is obviously named after you, right? right? And uh, ours was named off of a verse that uh, we felt the Lord led us to for nice. you know, kind of vision for our school. So That's great. So um, Rhonda really confirmed those stats that we were just talking about. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we really have to understand that one of the greatest fears and obstacles of parents choosing to homeschool is the sense of inadequacy. Mm -hmm. They feel like, you know... I just can't do it. I don't know enough. I don't know how to teach. I don't know how to structure this thing. And so we just want to encourage you so much today from hearing what Rhonda had to say and what we were sharing before <clears throat> that you can homeschool your kids and you, you have the ability to do it. And we're here to help you do it. Was there anything else that stuck out to you from, from the video there, John? You know, as, 
as Rhonda and Amanda were talking, I, I was thinking about two two things in particular. One is um, that this this idea of of homeschooling it, to me originates with the concept of discipleship. We see this in in Deuteronomy chapter six. You know, we're told to to teach our children as we go, when we rise, when we lay down at night, those kinds of things. And so um, that's all that's all in the Old Testament, right? That that it's our job to train our our children, but. I want to tell you some interesting information, and I'm not going to cite any specific studies or references, so you're just going to have to, you know, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But this is what I was told when I was going through my own uh, training to be a public school teacher, okay? Um, and they shared with us that this number one, the number one indicator of a child's academic success in school was parental involvement in the education process. Uh-huh. Now, I find that interesting that going through my training to be mm-hmm. a public school teacher, that they told us the number one indicator of a child's academic success is parental involvement. And they were saying that this is why we should be you know, making sure we communicate and engage with the parents. And I find it interesting that these same people are now saying, well, you're not really educators, and according to your own studies, <laughs> it doesn't matter <laughs> if you do anything as long as I as a parent are involved in my kid's uh, right. academics. So interesting. Yeah, that's great. Really interesting. So, well, we want to let you know that you can find this webinar on nche.com. And if you go to nche.com forward slash webinars, we have a whole list of webinars that we've already done. This, this one is a brand new recording of one we've done before. And so <clears throat> You can go there and find it, and it's free. If you put your email address in there, you'll be able to see that, and there's a handout that goes with it. It's all very helpful. So uh, check that out, and you can see the other webinars. We have one on testing, as she mentioned. We have one on high school. We have one on uh, homeschooling little ones. Um, we have one, just as you mentioned there, John, on discipleship. There's just, there's just a whole bunch of them. So, so check those out. All right, what do we have next? All right, next, we've got the uh, homeschool reality moment. So we're going to check in with you guys and see what's going on in your homeschools this week. All right, let's look at it. Hi there. I'm Diane Helfrick, and I wanted to share one of my favorite stories of teaching my kids a concept and learning something about how they learn. Um, when my daughter was little, we were studying the earth And so we were looking at the crust and the mantle and the outer core, the inner core, and talking about the sizes of those things and then trying to help her understand that what we're standing on is, you know, the crust. And so what we decided to do is make a Play-Doh model of it. And so we took one color and we made the small core and then we took another color, made the outer color, and then we had the bigger mantle and the tiny, thin little crust on the outside and we made sure that that last layer was ever so thin and then we took a knife and we cut into it and opened up the ball so that we could see the inside and she looked at me and she exclaimed this is how I love to do school I want to do this every day and I realized that she's kinesthetic she's a hands-on learner And so that was a big insight for me that day and that there were many things that we needed to turn into things that she could do so that she could really internalize it. But it was kind of a fun little story. And I'm hoping that you're having a great season of homeschooling and that today in particular is a very good day. All right. That's awesome. Yeah. I was just having a 
talk with my son the other day discussing what his learning style is. You know, mm-hmm. I'm very much a visual learner. Right. I've got to see it. Yeah. If I hear something, it's almost meaningless. It's not very mm-hmm. helpful to me. And so um, do you, have you been able to see those things in your kids, which kind of learning um, styles they have? Yeah, yeah, and and I and I find it interesting too that even the the three main learning styles visual, kinesthetic, and audit, um, and ling- auditory yeah yeah uh, have have subcategories they break okay. down so auditory actually has linguistic and musical and and different facets mm-hmm. to it yeah. as well and and so um, it's it's neat to kind of watch how each kid is different right yeah. well and it's helpful too because if you if you are trying to get information and, and connect with your children in one way yeah. because that's how you do it. Mm. And you're not realizing they're not getting it. There yeah. can be a lot of frustration right there, a yeah. lot of tears, a lot of conflict. So you want to make sure that you're thinking about that. Now, that is Diane Helfrich. She is on our board also. She is the development director, and um, which means that her job is to help raise awareness and funds for NCHE. Uh, she would love it for me to ask you right now. Wouldn't you love to give some money to North Carolina uh, North Carolinians for home education? You can go to nche.com forward slash give. Why would you do that? Because we help parents homeschool with confidence and joy. We're protecting, equipping, and connecting. You can help us keep the homeschool movement strong in North Carolina uh, by supporting us. We would love to see your ideas um, and your videos of what's going on in your home. <clears throat> you can send your videos to the homeschool show at nche.com uh, or share a link with us there. Now, another thing you can do is if you're a member of NCHE and you would like to submit a question, then we will answer your question on the show. If you have a question, you can send it to the same email address, the homeschool show at nche.com. And if you have any other feedback, even if you're not a member, you can send it to the same uh, email address, and we'd love to hear your thoughts uh, and your suggestions. And so if you found this uh, helpful, please share it with your friends and with your family. We thank you so much for being here and being a part of it. And until next week, uh, continue to homeschool with confidence and joy. We'll see you.